This is the Milo Beasley Show. This is the Milo Beasley Show. There's only one thing you need to know. This is the Milo Beasley Show. And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show, dude, 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 episode number 366. Uh, we're getting up there again. You can watch a show every single day for the next year if you wanted to. Uh, so uh, please help me welcome at this time. I am so excited. Uh, you guys know how I am about my Golden Girls guest. So please help me welcome at this time, writer, producer of Golden Girls, Golden Palace, uh, Laverta Shirley, uh, Charles in Charge, Gary Shanley Specials. Please help me welcome Mark Sotkin. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you today, Milo? You sound like I'm you're doing pretty good. It sounds like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm doing great. I'm. I'm so happy to 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 have you uh, on the show. It's a uh, a running joke with uh, with me and my friends, um, and uh, especially around the uh, comic and pop culture uh, convention scene about how many um guests that i've had on my show that have been involved with uh with the golden girls so um uh it's uh i'm so glad to be able to to talk to you today uh you know and uh, about that and and some of your your other works sure right you know i I, i'm more besides just so thankful i'm just amazed you know golden girls is work that i did a long time ago it's been a while now Um, and, uh, you know, I was at the, the first golden con, which was, I guess, uh, a year, a year ago, April, last April. I'm just amazed at the number of fans, uh, who we still have, how much the show means to people, um, how much people it's affected people's lives in some ways. Yeah. I mean, here we are in, it, it's 2023 and we're still talking about the show, there's new fans, young fans. Oh yeah, um, I, well, I think we have more fans now than when we were actually on the air, and we were a hit show. It, why so, do you think that is? Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> you you can you know you can. I mean, you could watch it a lot prior to being on Hulu. You know, it was right. o- it was always on Lifetime or, or somewhere. Yeah, um, it was on Hallmark. It was it was on uh, Hallmark. Hallmark right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched it every night before yes. bed. Uh, but at Hulu, you can watch it. First of all, you can watch it whenever you want, and it's all there. So uh, you know, it happens often now. Where on Twitter, you'll see, "Oh, I just started watching Golden Girls. I didn't realize I would, you know, that I'm late to the game." But wow, how good we did good work. <laughs> Absolutely, the shows. Yeah, they still hold up the topics, the topics, you know, from, you know, a show in the, the, the eighties, uh, early nineties really resonate with the yes. 2020s and what's going on right now. The, uh, the LGBT content that was on there, yeah. um, just the, all the, the controversial topics that nobody talked about. Do you think that you were able to get away with that because it was for older women? Uh, I think that was part of it. And um, I, I've never worked, I've worked on a lot of shows. I've never worked on a show where we had less network involvement. And I don't know what Paul Witt and Tony Thomas, you know, whether they had dirty pictures of people at NBC or what the deal was, but we never got notes. We never got notes. 
and we never and we never got uh, censor notes. We never got oh you can't say this, and that's right. that's never happened. I mean, essentially, Golden Girls is four old ladies doing dick jokes. It really is okay. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, we did serious topics, but uh, not unless we could make them funny. I mean, at at, at the core, uh, if it wasn't funny. Um, you know, Paul, what you used to say, it, it either it either has to be compelling or it has to be funny. And if it's right. neither of those, cut it. So, you know, that that was the mantra. Do um, you have any uh, any favorite episodes, either ones that you you uh, wrote and worked on or, or ones that you were were there producing? Uh, favorites are I, I, I really liked uh, the sperm bank. Uh, where they go to the sperm bank, which was the first show of, of my administration. So uh, that was the first show we brought to the table uh, for the actresses to read. And um, it was it was a really funny episode. Uh, I love the episode with uh, Sonny Bono and Lyle Wagoner. Um, Absolutely. One of my... One of my all-time favorites, absolutely. One of, I think that's one of the greatest episodes. Killer funny. Um, it's funny that, that that was written by uh, Tracy Gamble and Richard Baxey, and uh, they knew they wanted to do Sonny Bono, and they weren't sure who the other guy was. And I had worked with uh, uh, Lyle Wagoner on It's a Living, um, where it, because it was a dream episode, uh, he actually was he was Marlon Brando. So he kept saying, I could have been somebody, I could have been a contender. That he there, you know, he, he was just a very, very funny guy. It was great on the Carol Burnett show. So it was a great pairing uh, of Lyle and Sonny. Um, so those are two funny episodes that I remember that I really love. And I'm, you know, I'm really proud of uh, Ebb Tide's Revenge, which is when uh, Dorothy's brother dies. Right. Um, and, and I wrote that one and that's probably the one I'm most proud of, of, uh, of the ones I wrote. Right. And, uh, again, Dorothy's brother, you know, uh, is, would be a, a huge topic in a, in a show today, you know, I, uh, I was sort of known as the guy who killed everyone. You know, I killed big daddy Blanche's father and I killed, uh, I, so yeah, I, I, I became known as, Oh, here's another character I can kill. <laughs> so anyway i mean you know uh that's but they but they were issues like losing a child losing a sibling um losing a parent right uh, so those were like meaty golden girls subjects to to write about right. uh still managed to be funny do you think that the do you think that the show could be done today in 2023 with the way that uh, television they, they, studios are. They did, they did it. They did it. Hot in Cleveland. When Hot in Cleveland came on, I was prepared to hate it. Okay, because they're, they're ripping us off. They're just doing Golden Girls, even using right. Betty. But they did it well. Right. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you could do it. Uh, you know, for any hit show, the planets have to align. You right. have to get so lucky with writing and casting and is it got a time slot is, it, you know, or is it streaming all those things 
you know, right. I, God is the only Nielsen family. Okay. <laughs> it either. Yeah. You just do, you, you do your best work and see what happens. So yeah, of course. You, yeah. If, you know, uh, 80 for Brady. A hundred percent. That was the first, like when I saw the trailer for it's that, the the first thing I thought it was like, it's just a movie version yeah. of the Golden, it's the Golden Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it can still be done. <laughs> Uh, I, I had, uh, Stan Zimmerman, um, uh, on the show and, and, and he talked about how he has been trying to pitch a male version of the golden girls. Uh, well, it's been it tried just, a number of times. It's actually been tried a number of times. That, and that's what he said. It just, it just doesn't necessarily work with men as opposed to, as opposed to, to women. Or the planets just didn't align. They didn't. This is, not not the right guys, not the right time slot, not the right. Right. Yeah. This is yeah. This is true. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's 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 crazy to see that even places like San Diego Comic Con uh, has really embraced uh, Golden Girls, putting out merch. There's there's more merch for Golden Girls um, than most other TV shows and movies that are in out Chica in now. Chicago. It blew me away in Chicago because there's a whole floor of it. You know. Right. Um, and will, will you be you attending? Know, I, I remember when somebody brought up Golden Girls underwear with the pictures of yeah, and you know, as as a straight guy, I don't know having a picture of B. Arthur on the front of a woman's underwear. It's going to be that big a turn on. <laughs> so, but somebody said, "Here's my million dollar idea. I'm going to make Golden Girls underwear." But yeah. When, when you see how much merchandise there is, it's crazy. It's Will you crazy. be at this uh, the next Golden Con coming up? So actually, there are two different ones coming on. Uh, so there's the Golden Con in Chicago at the end of March. Right. Uh, that'll be at. And then there's a new event that's going to be um, on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, very different kind of event that's in... Uh, it's just south of San Francisco. It's at a theater. In, uh, it's a 750 seat theater. Um, and when they asked me if I would do it, one of the things I, I, I talked about. So the first Golden Con, the ladies are dead, you know. Right. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> right. So in terms of bringing actors who have been in episodes and the right. fans love and the fans love to see those those people. But like Monty Markham, who played Blanche's gay brother, who got married, right? He, he was in the two episodes. He wasn't really aware of how that evolved and how it came about, who pitched it, and all that. So, uh, in it'll be more of a focus in San Francisco. Um, I'm bringing a lot of the people who wrote the show. And, oh, that's and, and Terry Hughes to direct, and, and and some of those people will also be in Chicago. Um, so like Terry Hughes, who directed so many of the episodes, uh, is going to be in both places. Um, so it, I, I think it's, we'll see, but I think it's just the panels and everything will be more writing and producing focused than right. what, what goes on in Chicago. And again, it's a 750 seat theater and this is their first event. So right. I'm not so, yeah. exactly sure, um, how it's going to play out. But Chicago was great. I, I had a, I had a great time in Chicago. Um, we talked about Golden Palace. We talked about Golden Girl. We, we talked about 
lots of stuff. Yeah, so uh, Golden Con, I believe, is uh, March 31st through April 2nd in Chicago. Yeah, so it's uh, last so weekend many, in, in March, yeah. Yeah, so many good things about it uh, last year. Uh, so uh, I'm glad to see that it's it's returning. Um, so and, Gail, uh, Gail Parent's going to be there, and Jim Valley's going to be there. Um, let's see. Trace, Tracy Gamble, th those two will also be in, in San Francisco along with Tracy Gamble, those three people, the last thing we would do in a week uh, would be a final pencil up of next week's script. So it would be Friday. We're going to shoot Friday night. I would sit in a room and those three people and Tom Whedon, there might be other people in the, in, from time to time if they were writing an episode or something. Those are the people I want in, the, in, in a room. Just funny, 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 funny people. Uh, absolutely. And, and funny. great writers. And yeah. Yeah, I was really the whole staff was I had a great, great writing staff. Um, and, a, and a lot of that had to do with Thomas as a company was very good at finding writers and putting writing staffs together. So as, yeah, as a showrunner, that's that's luck <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> Especially you know, I wasn't I, I did you know, the last three years of Golden Girls and Golden Palace. Right. So there was a lot of, there were people there who stayed, there were people who left. Uh, I didn't have a lot to do with, do I want these people or not? So right. some of it is luck of the draw. Now you, you mentioned Golden Palace, which is uh, fantastic, which I'm actually uh, re-watching again, uh, like currently, uh, that's my current uh, watch. Um, was there a, what was the, the you know when, when you're when you're sitting there you know uh, working on that was there a discussion about maybe replacing B Arthur and getting another fourth or were you for sure planning on continuing with just three? So um, and, you know I've talked about this in other places. So uh, you know we had we, we had done a Golden Girls with Debbie Reynolds with that in mind. Right. Um, I'm sorry we didn't keep looking. Um, I, I don't, you know, Golden Palace was, it, it just wasn't as good. Right. You know, I, I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's crazy, my craziness that 30 years later I'm still going, how would we have fixed it? Um, <laughs> but, you know, what I, what I always ask an audience is, have you ever cleaned a bathroom? You have you ever cleaned a bathroom? Yes. Have you, have you ever cleaned thirty bathrooms dressed in a Judy Evans outfit? The fact that I, these, you know, Rose, we need towels up at three oh nine. You know, right. how did they did they win this hotel in a poker game? Did Blanche, you know, put up the house against some guy who had had to get rid of a hotel? Or how the hell did they get a hotel? There were ob such obvious problems with it. Um, so I hadn't seen it until just before Golden Con. Uh, it had just come back on Hulu. Uh, and, and so I watched it all. And some of the episodes are good. Um, you know, I don't know whether, since you're going through it, you know, I wrote an episode uh, where Blanche hung the rebel flag because the dog... That's, I was I was going to mention that again as a controversial topic yeah, in and, 2023. And I'm, and I'm proud of, you know, 
that episode kind of blew up on social media last year because uh, right. some people they were people were talking about it, you right. know. And the interesting thing, so when we were casting the show, um, we're reading people for the manager of the hotel, and it's not working, and it's not working, and we're already worried about the the whole concept, and you know, maybe Susan has Harris has really missed. The, you know, this isn't her great, we know it's not her greatest work. Okay, but we're, this thing just isn't working. And then this young actor named Don Cheadle comes in and all of a sudden, oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> okay, so that's, in terms of, again, things aligning, if Don Cheadle doesn't come in the room, <laughs> we don't have a hotel manager who's as, as good as that. And I don't get to write that episode. Right. Um, because what she didn't write that is this is the this is a black man who's the manager of the hotel. She just wrote oh, she a manager wrote, of the hotel. Oh, okay. So we saw we saw a lot of different shades of people <laughs> trying right. to find someone who who could you know who could play the part. Right. And Don was brilliant. He was great. Now you get to see a lot of people. Um, I think what's what's really cool about uh, Golden Girls and Golden Palace is you got to see a lot of people coming up as well as already established superstars. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. obviously uh, Don Cheadle, uh, uh, one of your Golden Girls episodes featured uh, Beth Grant, um, you know, a, a amazing award-winning uh, actress as well. For me, um, the fun was like um, Cesar Romero, Don Amici. I mean, these people... At this point in their career, they were glad to get out of the house. Right. Okay. And it was a great place to work. Right. You know, it, it was a very professional set. Um, right. And and they got they got to get out of the house. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and work. And these were all people who loved to work. So for me, it was, you know, these are people I grew up watching uh, and, and, and knew that they were movie stars. They weren't, this was before movie stars were willing to do television. Right. Um, so that it was, that was great fun. That was great fun. Yeah. Just the, the list of cameos in golden girls is, uh, is enormous. And, and think about people who were again on their way up, Mario Lopez, uh, George Clooney. And then like yeah. you said, Cesar yeah. Romero, Burt Reynolds, who was possibly the biggest superstar at the time. At the uh, time. Yeah. And that was before me being there, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you get to, to work with, uh, just, a, a lot of people again, already established and, and, and coming up. So, uh, that's great fun. Great I, fun. Absolutely. Now, do you, yeah. uh, do you have any, I guess, keepsakes from the show, uh, or was, you know, things like set pieces or design so pieces behind me? That's my golden girls chair from the set. That's so, awesome. There's that. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I mean, that's that's a great piece. So that picture up there, um, that was. It's a limited edition that Paul Witt had done for the cast and certain members of the crew when the show was over. So that's, uh, and I'm having, right, the brain thing. 
It's the guy who drew all the, you know, what Playbill, New York theater. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's that. And then uh, the second shelf up is just the the picture, an autographed picture from the ladies to me. Uh, and, and my credit is is there. And that's pretty much it that I I do have. So at, at Golden Con, I did do a, a raffle thing. Uh, for people who bought one of my novels, um, uh, a, a Golden Girl Afghan, uh, a blanket. Oh, yes, I, yes, um, I did see that. And, yeah, and 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 I, the reason I did that was I got two of them, so I I still sleep with that during the winter. Last, last night I, I'm always covered during the winter. I'm covered by the Golden Girls. <laughs> where so oh, where and I you... also and I, and I have a robe. I have. They gave one, you know, they gave great Chris. The ladies gave just the worst Christmas presents. Like, uh, on Laverne and Shirley, Penny and Cindy, for some reason, worked very hard on, on figuring out the Christmas presents. The, the ladies didn't give a shit about the, the Christmas presents. But Paul went to, but Paul and Tony did. They gave great gifts. Um, and I, I still do wear my Golden Girls bathrobe because it's just a fabulous bathrobe. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's fantastic. Here, these are all yeah. These, those are all great items to to have yeah. and, and keep. Uh, now yeah. uh, you mentioned um, uh, uh, you know uh, Laverna Shirley. Uh, you know you worked on on that show as yes. well. Um, uh, so how did how did that come about? Where you got to where you were ended up working on on Laverna Shirley? So um, I was discovered. Uh, in a, doing an imp in an improv show called Off the Wall, and um, it was a popular show. I, actually, people Robin Williams wound up working out with Off the Wall, and uh, John Ritter worked out there. But I was when we first started; those people weren't there. Um, there were like eight of us in the in the troupe, uh, and unlike um some of the other improv famous places ours was strictly improv we would ask the what do you want to see and we'd get up and we and we did it pretty well and we got good the la times did a big article on us and so people started coming to the show industry people started coming to the show and a guy named harvey miller um who uh he wrote the film private benjamin but he he was one of the writer producers on uh the odd couple um, okay. and so he came and he had just, he had just gotten a show on NBC called Sirota's Court, which was Night Court. It was, it, it was Night Court. Only right. Fred, Fred Willard was the, was the jerky guy. And right. It was at a time when NBC was going through a lot of, uh, changes in administration. I think there was once we were on two weeks in a row in the same time slot. We, we yeah we we did we did our twelve episodes got canceled right. just when we got canceled uh, Cindy Williams um, had the writing staff of Laverne and Shirley fired okay because they weren't writing her character anyway uh, which was great news anyway so Harvey <laughs> Miller was really was really good friends with Gary Marshall. When I was discovered, at, when, when Harvey came to Off the Wall, he hired me and Chris Thompson, who went on to create Bosom Buddies and brilliantly, brilliantly funny. Um, and Judy 
now Askins, Judy Irvin, when we first started, um, then Judy Pioli, which was her maiden name, and then Judy Askins, same person. So all three of us were uh, hired on Sirota's court. And then Harvey said to Gary Marshall, you want these three people. So the three of us went to Laverne and Shirley just for the last four episodes of um, their first, that's first season. Um, I guess it was their first full season maybe because uh, they were a mid-season show. Right. So we just started as story editors and um, it's no news that Laverne and Shirley was a slightly contentious place to work. Um, right. It's really the first show that the Inquirer covered uh you know penny and cindy didn't get along that well um this has all been pretty well documented right so showrunners were fired all the time okay because at some point the showrunner would go damn it this week we're gonna they're gonna do what we write they're not gonna change a word and then they'd be fired so (laughs) eventually chris thompson and i became the showrunners and I said to Chris, let's go see what they want to do. And we went down and met with Penny and Cindy. And I think it was Cindy who said, I think we should be hypnotized and act like chickens. That's an easy week. That's a, I just got to figure out who goes, you're chickens when they're hypnotized. Right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so they bought in to more of those episodes. And actually, right after Cindy passed away just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the only thing I tweeted was the, the only, my regret of my only real regret of Laverne and Shirley was that at the time, none of us were mature enough to realize that this was just our creative process. We wrote stuff. They changed stuff. They're really funny. They, when we first got there, uh, David and Michael, Lenny and Squiggy almost weren't reading the words at the table. They were already uh ad living and, and doing whatever they wanted to do and got to the point where they had enough trust where we were providing a, a solid enough roadmap and material that they could add they could do what they did and none of us at that point you know could realize okay we can either be pissed off all the time and go no shit i hate this or right we can go, okay, this is the way it works. They have stuff. We have stuff. We just all want the show to be good. Uh, and unfortunately that wasn't the atmosphere there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So anyway, I, I, that's how I became the showrunner on Laverne and Shirley. I left to do uh, the pilot uh, called working stiffs uh, with Michael Keaton and Jim Belushi. Um, and then after that, at some point, getting into that last season of Laverne and Shirley, Penny called me. She was supposed to be directing her first film, which was going to be The Joy of Sex. Um, the brilliant John Hughes had written a script that was really, really, really funny, but the story needed work. Penny hired me to do a rewrite of the movie script, and so that we would have more time together to work on the movie. <laughs> She said, and why don't you come back and run this season of Laverne and Shirley? And the deal with that season was because she was getting ready to do the movie, 
and Cindy was pregnant and knew she was pregnant. Normally when you do a show, you shoot three or four episodes, then the actors take a week off because the actors are tired and, uh, and the writers get to catch up a little bit. We keep working on catch up. Uh, this was, we were going to shoot 22 shows in 22 weeks. Uh, Penny and Cindy had to be in all 22 episodes, but I only had them for 18 of those weeks. <laughs> so in some of those episodes, we have to shoot some other stuff after the audience left where Lenny and Squiggy were going to Chicago. Hey, Lenny and Squiggy, we're back from Chicago. And that was the plan. A few episodes in, Cindy left the show. Um, so now all the scripts we have that have Laverne and Shirley, there ain't no Shirley. We can't shut down. Um, and so we, overnight, that first night, I, we Cindy's last show, we, sh we shot that show on Tuesday nights. And I sh we shot that show Wednesday morning. Uh, I was called into the vice president of Paramount TV's office, Gary Nardino, and Nardino was there, and Tony Thermopolis, the president of ABC, was there. Gary Marshall was there. Uh, Peter Roth was there, who went out to be run Warner Brothers, but he was our network guy there. And I had not normally been called into that kind of meeting. And right. what the fuck did you do last night? Cindy Williams has quit the show. Um, right. And so we, three of us, had to write an episode overnight to be ready for that Thursday. So one of the worst Laverne and Shirley's you'll ever see is Laverne is in some fashion show with big hats. She has a big uh, Eiffel Tower and she has a big gondola on her head. It's, it makes no sense, but we didn't shut down. Right. Then one week, so we started bringing in Laverne and boyfriends and Laverne and we brought in different people Right. And one week, so her boyfriend was somebody who Penny was actually seeing, uh, an actor named Larry Breeding, okay, who had been in a show called uh, Who's Watching the Kids. <clears throat> Penny was seeing Larry in real life. So on that show, since we shot on Tuesday, table read was Wednesday, big, big rewrite is Friday night. Do the big rewrite, come back to work Monday morning. Nobody knows where Larry Breeding is. His agent doesn't know where he is. Larry, unfortunately, got a little drunk, crashed his car into an overpass and died. So we can't shoot Tuesday. Penny, such a trooper, unbelievable. We bring in Jim Belushi, who I knew from Working Stiffs and Penny knew in real life to play the same part, say the same words that this other actor who Penny was seeing in real life. And so we did, it took 23 weeks to do the 22 shows. Otherwise we would have made it. Anyway, um, that was that Laverne and Shirley season. And she didn't make the joy of sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. imagine working under that, those conditions, that pressure. It was and, a crazy uh, year. It was a crazy year, man. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Un un unbelievable. Um, now, I, I do want to talk about, um, uh, while we still have a little bit of time, uh, you mentioned 
Uh, you gave away the Golden Girls uh, Afghan for uh, yeah. uh, you raffled uh, for those who purchase your your uh, novels. Let's let's dive into that a little bit. So, how did you go from all right? I'm gonna I'm writing sitcoms. I'm I'm writing television to I'm getting into the novel game because that doesn't seem like that translates. Uh, it doesn't at all. Don't do it. <laughs> I don't recommend it at all. Um, I had left LA. Uh, while I was doing, actually, while I was doing Golden Girls, uh, I decided to leave LA. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be good for my family life, uh, right. for my marriage, for my kids. I wasn't seeing any, you know, I was at work all the time. So actually the last season of Golden Girls and the season of Golden Palace, I would come six weeks pre-production. We'd get as many scripts written as possible. I'd go back to, I'd move to Colorado I would fly in Monday morning, fly out Tuesday night, and still had a lot of time. So right. uh, uh, I've written, the first one I wrote was with Time Off for Bad Behavior, which is kind of about that last season It's of Laverne and Shirley. Right. Um, takes place on that season, but it's also about a relationship that breaks up and gets back together and, and that. Um, the second one is called The Comatose Adventures of Lenny Rose, which is about a guy who finds true love and his most success when he's in a coma. Um, that's also kind of show business based. Um, and the last one is Kind of Dirty Paris Confessions, which takes place uh, in the fashion world um, in, in, in the 70s. Um, right. Before I went to Hollywood, I, I, I was in the the Schmata business. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it's story. My story is from New York and working in New York and in that in that industry. So so that's with the three books. They will make you laugh. I promise you that. Um, if you don't like them, I'll give you your money back, which I won't. But um, and they're all available on and they're all available on, on Amazon. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask. Are they available uh, either on your website or on Amazon? Absolutely. Actually, if you go to MarkSipkin.com, you can download the first 50 pages and decide whether you like them or not. Oh, that's free. That, that's um, but they're available on Amazon. Um, yeah. And then uh, you also, uh, something else that, again, doesn't seem like it translates, but you worked on a, um, I tried to find as much information on this because the the, the concept uh, really called to me being a, a as you can see, uh, a comic book fan. Yes. Uh, uh, was it a web series, uh, The Improbables? Yeah, and unfortunately, we never got it sold. So um, Kevin Bapp, who's a huge Golden Girls fan, had made uh, a small cartoon, uh, animation, called Super Golden Fr Friends. Super Golden Friends. Right. And a friend, I, I saw it, and I, it was funny, and I just reached out to Kevin and said, yeah, this is funny. Uh, and we started talking that there might be something funny about uh, five older superheroes who didn't get the best superpowers in the world, uh, who were living together in New York. And that all superheroes, all of them, Superman, everybody, come from the same secret lab in New Jersey. These guys are kind of pissed off that they didn't get the best superpowers. And in hoping to get it sold, we did some short animations. Uh, Jimmy J.J. Walker uh played uh denominator uh bruce valanche was one of the guys 
Paul Wilson, who, you know, people don't always recognize by name, but you've seen right. him on uh, in Cheers and Office Space, the movie. Um, right. And Jim Valley was one of the guys. Uh, and and Jordi Caballero was like one of the... So anyway, so we did these short, um, just little clips of um, just little, you know, Jimmy J, you know, saying, I just had lunch with Superman today. Uh, is there a, you can you name one good restaurant in Metropolis? You can't. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know how it was. So we wrote this and we, we, Kevin, we did the whole first issue and then Kevin's got a real job and it, it, he just couldn't, I, we kept writing. There's six scripts. I think right. they may all be on, they may all be on the website, but definitely the first, that first complete one with the, the animations is on, on, on MarkSockton.com. That's, uh, that's fantastic. So, I, yeah, I, that I, was sort of frustrating because I wrote that with Tracy Gamble. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, we just, you know, sometimes you go through a period where shit's not getting sold. <laughs> it was one of those <laughs> I would love to see that as an actual book, not, not even necessarily as a, a series, a TV show. I would love to see that as an, as an actual comic book. And I, I think, you know, maybe. Yeah, well, and I don't, you know, none of us really knew the comic book business. Right. You know, if you know any comic book publishers, tell them they should oh, go right. look at this. I do. I do. Well, they I, should. They should. They should. They should. Enough, yeah, weirdly, yes. absolutely. I will. I will definitely be be pitching this to, to some folks in the future. And if they have artists who have time to draw it, there's six more episodes that are ready. So there you go. Um, a, a thing I want to do uh, again while we have time uh, is something that we do uh, every episode, and it's called the Milo Beasley Show. Frequently asked questions. Now, okay. these are going to be, I'm going to ask you five questions, and it's going to be the same five questions that I ask to every guest here on the show. Uh, so there's no right or wrong answers. Uh, so question number one. Yes. What was the first concert you ever attended? Uh, Little Anthony and the Imperials in Central Park in New York. They, had, they used to have summer concerts. Uh, Little Anthony and the Imperials is the correct answer. That's that's pretty awesome. In Central yeah. Park too. Yeah, yeah, and it was a time. It was probably in the seventy early seventies when it was sort of scary to go to New York because uh, people were getting mugged all the time. Right. Um, but they had this these summer series where they had you know they had acts that I liked. Um, and I'm a big R&B fan. And so, yeah, Little Anthony and Imperials. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, question number two. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, no. No? <laughs> nah. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not sure. So, like, I, don't... I mean, here, here's the thing. Spirit guides, perhaps. Casper, not so much. <laughs> I get okay. it. <laughs> Absolutely. So a qualified, a qualified no or yes, depending <laughs> on whether you're a spirit guide or you're Casper. Okay. Uh, question number three is a little twist on a common question, but in a movie about your life, who would play your parents? Oh God. Uh, ideally, Ben Stiller's parents, if they were both still alive. Ah, oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. So, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. Stiller and Mira would be great. Not that they were like my parents, but if I was doing a movie, I'd want it but to be funny. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Why mess around? They're funny parents. Uh, question number four. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, God. Uh, maybe Angie Dickinson. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, no, yeah, she's hot. I'm trying <laughs> to think if there was anybody. I, I'm actually trying to think back. So as a child, right. uh, eight or maybe seven or eight, right. I used to put talcum powder on my face and tell my mother, like, too sick to go to school. And occasionally she would let me stay home. And we lived in New Jersey, got the New York TV stations. I watched every old sitcom. It was me going to graduate school. So I'm trying to think whether Eleanor Donahue from Father Knows Best. I'm trying to think back to there. Oh, so uh, Robert Cummings had a show, Love That Bob. He was a right. photographer. Oh, yeah. uh, and there was always gorgeous models around. Um, so I probably don't remember their names. Tuesday, I... Tuesday Weld, actually, from Dobie Gillis. Okay. So she was the girl that Dobie could never get. I know um, the name. Yes, right, because you're not old enough. So yeah, well, Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday Weld would be, she was so hot. Yeah, she was, wow. Woo. That would be my first, yeah. Uh, and then uh, my, my last question um, is always my favorite, but I don't, I'm interested to hear your answer because I don't know if it's really going, so anytime that you've, I mean, you've met a lot of people. So has there been a moment either on set, on somebody else's set that you saw somebody and you absolutely fanboyed out? Either you could, you saw them and couldn't speak or yep. you spoke way too much and put your foot in your mouth. Yeah. So my very first job when I went to Hollywood was I was a runner on an Easter Seals telethon, okay? Um, and, and Peter Falk, I think, was the host and everything. And I remember they said, we're gonna have dinner, it's time to get order dinner. And I think I said, oh, I'll have chicken. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. You're going for, you, you're the runner. <laughs> you're gonna... Anyway, I was supposed to deliver something somewhere, I don't remember where, but I was in an elevator with Ringo Starr. And didn't and kills me today that I didn't say, hey, I like the Beatles, you know, or something. <laughs> like I'm your biggest fan or whatever. <laughs> but so there was that. And I actually got to see the Temptations, the original Temptations, at the Copacabana in New York, which was unbelievable. And I went to the bathroom and David Ruffin was there, and I'm like, I've seen, I saw The Temptations like a lot of times. I was like a huge, huge fan. It was a time when um, his, he had a broken arm. He, he was wearing a cast and he was, in, and they were just getting ready to go on. And I didn't say, you are the coolest man in show business. Because until Bruno Mars, he was the coolest man in show business. Yeah. Absolutely. So those are two. Two big fanboy moments. 
I just saw Ringo uh, announced uh, a return to uh, Vegas. He's doing a small, uh, doing, small he's doing, in Vegas. Yeah, he's put a group together. He's still working. Still, yeah. still working. Still, still working. working. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, like you said, there's a, a lot of people that um, you worked with uh, on Golden Girls and in other shows that a lot of these uh, older uh, entertainers, they just, they just want to keep working. Do you feel like, do you feel like that there's just something that makes people just want to keep working and not be, be able to retire? Depending what your job is, it, it's fun. You know, when you're on a hit show, it's great. When you're right. on, a, when you're on a lousy show, you might as well be going into a coal mine. It's hard because it's the same amount of hours, you right. know, you know, it stinks. <laughs> so, you know, if you're an actor and you get to go spend a week on a hit show and they're going to give you 50 grand, okay, and you're going to get out of the house. Right. So do you want to retire? Right. And there, there is that adjustment. I mean, it's, you know, this is very nice. People still love Golden Girls, but in real life, that was a long time ago for me. So you have to make that adjustment of, I'm not the executive producer, head writer of the Golden Girls. I'm some guy who lives in Santa Fe, <laughs> you know, right. who, and, and there is that adjustment, you know. Now, fortunately right. there is Golden Girls and I, you know, I do make, sort of work it into the conversation when I'm ordering pot stickers, cause you make it, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Who watched uh, it with their grandmother or whatever? So um, I, I think that's why people keep working. Because yeah, what else is what else is Ringo going to do today? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> what else is he going to do? How much golf can you play? Uh, yeah. So, um, Mark, I want to thank you uh, again so much for coming on and chat with me. There's still so much. Uh, that uh, we, we didn't get a chance to talk about that I would love to talk about, uh, you know, uh, at, maybe at a later time, uh, but your time on the Gary Shandling show, uh, your time on Charles in Charge, although maybe we don't talk about Scott Bayo. That's a whole other subject. You know, other, <laughs> other, than, other than politics, right. Scott, was, Scott, was, Scott was one of the nicer parts of doing Charles. Charles in Charge was like a real low point for me in my career. Oh. <laughs> okay but there's there's a certain generation that when you go charles and charge oh yeah yeah no i wrote uh, spring break when buddy and charles go uh, <laughs> oh we loved spring breaks See, i yeah. so charles and charge was one of my go-to one of my go-to uh shows when yeah. you know so, so there you uh, go <laughs> yeah. so, so well, i, I mean, the best time of my life huh? nicole edgard how could you not right oh yeah. so i was there in the original i was there with uh Oh, who was it? Shit. Um, who played Gwendolyn? I, I don't even remember. J Jamie Widows was still the father. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Okay, um, so that's, how, Jamie... that's how long ago. It was before it got any, canceled. Any last words uh, for folks watching uh, before, we, before we wrap up? Be well. Get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Keep uh, watching course, Golden uh, Girls. Marksidebook.com. You got it right there at the bottom. Perfect. There. Uh, your one-stop shop. Uh, you uh, check out 
uh, all sorts of stuff. So again, thank you so much for, uh, for hanging out with me and uh, have some Who's fun at, at Golden yeah. Con. I, I'm really looking forward to Golden Con. I made, uh, I made friends the last time. I've got, you know, fans who I met and we liked each other and we hung out and we had dinner together. And so I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic. I, I hope to be able to get up there one day. I always seem to be working other shows during those weekends or else I, I really want to get up there. Uh, so again, thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you everybody for watching or listening, hanging out with me for, uh, you know, wherever you are, uh, if you haven't already hit that subscribe button, but most importantly, tell your friends. Uh, and that's going to be our show for this week. So thank you for watching and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.